Hello, Masters in the Making. I'm your host, Mike Miller, and I want to welcome you to Simple Self Mastery. Simple Self Mastery is a self-help podcast dedicated to giving you the best in health, wealth, love, happiness, and a little peace of mind five days a week. I'm excited and honored to introduce our guest today, Davin Michaels. Davin Michaels is a New York Times bestselling author and 30-year business veteran. He is the CEO of 123 Employee, one of the largest outsourcing companies in the Philippines. He has hundreds and hundreds of employees, and they work with entrepreneurs all over the globe doing all the busy stuff in their business so they can focus on scaling their business and doing the things that juice and excite them. Davin, I've given our listeners a peek at who you are, but is there anything you want to add to spice up that intro? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm an entrepreneur, like probably all of you out there, or at least, uh, you know, some of you may be aspiring entrepreneurs and, and probably just like you, I have an entrepreneur story as well. I've been self-employed for about 30 years. It's, uh, it's been an incredible ride. I don't know where the time has gone. Um, but really, you know, entrepreneurship and networking with, uh, young, bright millionaires and future millionaires, probably one of my favorite things to do. So I, it's great to be on the show. Right, and I'm happy to have you on. And so, Davin, you know, where focus goes, energy flows. Where is your energy going right now in the work that you do? Well, um, that's a very good question. So, um, you know, today in my business, our, our company's 10 years old. Like I said, I've been self-employed for 30 years. So, so my management style, I, you know, today I, I'm, I'm not involved in the day-to-day of the business. I'm, I'm involved kind of in the, in the 360 view. So I'm always looking at ways to make our employees more efficient, make our management systems better. Uh, I'm also involved with our VP, Bijal Palmer, and creating systems uh, for the company. Um, our goal is to have a company that kind of runs by itself, which to a certain degree it does. Um, we have a great management team and, uh, you know, my, my, my greatest joy these days is working with them to, to make them better managers. Sure. And so, you know, when you're working in that 360 view, you know, we all start somewhere and I know you said you kind of work, you don't work necessarily day to day, but you've been self-employed for 30 years. Can you take us to the beginning of that? You know, how did you get going on your entrepreneurial journey and how did you find that freedom? Can you share that story with us? Yeah, yeah, sure can. Yeah. So I started my business when I was pretty young. I started my business when I was 15. And by the time I was uh, 16, I was actually designing clothing for music groups. And this was in the early 80s. And quite frankly, my bands didn't have anything going on. Most of them were playing their garage or very small venues. But an interesting thing happened just a short while after we opened for business. MTV came on the air, changed the face of music, and changed our lives. So I was working with these bands that had nothing going on. Within about 90 days, most of our bands had record deals. Wow. Within about a year, uh, most of them, uh, or within about a year, they were selling millions of albums. And we rode that wave. And it was a wild, incredible time, especially at such a young age, touring with these bands. And we found ourselves working with some of the biggest bands of the 80s and 90s. I was costuming print. Madonna, Cindy Lauper, Thompson Twins, Duran Duran, uh, and, and, and it was really fun. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. From there, um, I was really intrigued with the concept of residual income, which today it's like you know a million a billion businesses have residual income, as do many of ours. But in the early days, I, that was just like a new thing to me as as a teenager. So I started a telecommunications company, uh, pretty humble beginnings. Uh, we worked very hard, small team. But five years later, we were in 60 cities across the U.S. I sold to a public company and took back stock in, in that deal. And then that company got bought out. My stock tripled in that moment in time, changed my entire life. Uh, from there, I became the biggest electronic music event producer in the U.S. 
U.S. I'd throw parties for 15 to 20,000 people a night. And because I had that built-in fan base, um, I was able to have a short career as a recording artist, long career as a music and television producer, produced music and television for about 15 years, uh, worked with some of the biggest uh, bands in the world, which was pretty awesome. And then um, about a decade ago, our outsourcing business took off. It was kind of a business we fell into. It was just, it was really our own uh, floor that we had in the Philippines, you know, 10, 15 employees. And, uh, and after a couple of years, we had an overnight success. And uh, sure. uh, today we have about 550 employees on three continents. And uh, our mission at 123Employee is to rescue lifestyle starved entrepreneurs, give them their time back and their lives back. And we love doing it. Um, and we work with uh, small to medium sized businesses all over the globe. That's awesome. And it sounds like your entrepreneurial journey has taken quite a few twists and turns, mm -hmm. but, you know, all for the, the best. You know, it sounds like an exciting journey. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of things I wanted to just point out. And one of the things you mentioned that some of our listeners might not be familiar with is residual income and how important that was for you. Can you kind of break that down for us? Yeah, I can. Um, so when I had my clothing company, we, we had a lot of success, which was cool. But um, there were a couple of things I didn't like about the business. It was my very first business. You know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. But there were two things I didn't like about. One is I just come out of the retail business where I was waiting on people, which I actually enjoyed doing. Uh, I, I actually I took a lot of pride in it. But then when I started my own business, I thought, well, gosh, I wouldn't have to be waiting on people anymore. But here I was, you know, on the floor hemming people's, you know, measuring people's pants and stuff for their costumes and what have you and I was like oh man I, I felt like I kind of bought myself a job so so that was one and the second thing is like we did quite well but there was no residual income we didn't have contracts so you know we'd be hired to do a tour or something like that and then the tour would be done and, and then there wouldn't be any income coming in and so I was just intrigued with this idea of, of doing something that generated ongoing income which today is like a no-brainer but back then for me, it was it was a new thought. And so what happened was, uh, I, I told you that I got into telecommunications business, right. but I'll tell you what it was. Uh, you know, t in business, you have to be flexible in your approach, right? You have to uh, be, be able to pivot, you know, quickly. And so um, what had happened was, and, and Mike, you're probably too young to remember this, but how old are you? You're in your early 30s, right? No, I'm actually uh, 22. So yeah, 22. Oh, you're just a kid. Okay, you're a baby. Yeah. So you are actually not old enough to to um, to remember this. But this is interesting because you've seen, even in your time, how technology and innovation uh, it creates new new opportunities, and then it evaporates old opportunities, right? Sure. It, like like so. What happened for me was um, back in the day. When you wanted someone to pick up your phones, you used an answering service, okay? And it was it was a, a live answering service. You pay like a hundred dollars a month plus you know x amount of dollars per call, and people would pick up your phone. You know, good afternoon, X Y Z company, and uh, voicemail came out. Now nobody knew about it. I I had a friend that was an early adopter of voicemail, and he was selling voicemail to individual users, and he was just killing it. And the first time I heard voicemail, like today, it's like voicemails, everybody has voicemail. You don't even think about it. Yeah. But but you have to realize this was a time when it didn't exist. Like, So it wasn't even like voicemail. It was a computerized operator. That was the perception because we all were used to having operators pick up phones. All of a sudden, you had a, a computerized 
person. It was like, it was unbelievable. So um, I, I, I went out, I bought a Sanagram computer and I started selling voicemail and I was too early. Um, I, you know, I always say, I always say you can, you can tell who the pioneers are because they're the ones with the arrows in their back. And I was, I was too early because I had to educate the market and the market just didn't get it. They're like, I, I don't understand. And so I had to pivot. So I pivoted from there into the paging business and we ended up putting up a, a channel and, and paging and it took off uh, and, and, and we killed it. And then, uh, I sold to a company that got bought out and that tripled, you know, my sale, which was, it was outrageous. It changed my life. Now, the interesting thing is there's no pagers anymore, right? That's a perfect example of a business that got evaporated by cell phones. Um, and that's a longer story, but that was the play that I did. I knew that cell phones were coming up and uh, coming out. I knew I had 24 months to sell my business and I, I did a very strategic deal and it was, it was pretty cool. You know, it was cool that it turned out the way it did but uh yeah yeah that that was that was how i first started residual today there's pretty much nothing i do that doesn't have matter of fact there is absolutely nothing i do that doesn't have a residual back end and and i'm a marketer as well i mean i do have a brick and I, i'm unique in the marketing world that i am a marketer i love to market and marketing has everything to do with everything i do from webinars to events all over the globe to speaking on stages to my books to my info products because we use that to educate and grow our business um, but I, I have a chance to, to hang out uh, on a regular basis with some of the best and brightest marketers in the world uh, and, and and some of the not so best and brightest marketers sure. in the world but they're but they're marketers and they do well and and I find that the the ones that are I, I'm always amazed at how many of them don't have a, a back end. So they're because they don't have a back end, because they don't have residual income, they're they're on the launch uh, uh, spinning wheel, if you will. You know, the, the launch treadmill where they have to keep coming out with stuff, or their their revenue evaporates. So um, you know, you ha I, I believe that any successful business has to have residual income. Sure. And so, you know, one of the things I, I noticed that was a, a constant theme of, of that the story you just shared with us is that you pivoted. You had the strategy and just kept pivoting towards new ways of doing things, new ways of yeah. op operating. And yeah. so I kind of want to pivot myself into this next question is on that journey, you know, obviously you've achieved a lot of success, but there's been a lot of challenges along the way. Yeah. And for you, what has been the one biggest challenge you faced or was it a culmination of things? You know, I, I've had so many big challenges and, and <laughs> I think because I've had so many big challenges, maybe they all just kind of mesh into, sure. into, you know, I can't even think of them to be honest with you, but, but I certainly went to the school of hard knocks. Uh, and that's because I only went to, I, I, I graduated high school early. I went to college at 16 and, uh, I, 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 I dropped out of school in my first year. I was very fortunate actually. Um, so when, when, when you go to college today, there's, there's a, a million entrepreneurship pro programs, right? Um, but when I went to college, I went to a JC, there were none, there was zero. And what happened was there were a couple of maverick, uh, retired entrepreneurs, uh, that decided as a give back to teach a one year immersion in entrepreneurship at my local college. And these guys were maverick entrepreneurs. They were amazing. Uh, they were the first guys to ever have to ever make an offer on the bot on the back of a box of cereal. Uh, and they made millions from that, which back then was tens of millions. Uh, and, and they had made a ton of money in their lifetime. They were retired. And as a give back, they decided to teach this one year immersion. And here I am this kid in, in their class and they took me under their wing, which is pretty cool. Now, most most of what I learned in business, I learned from doing. Um, but and, and these guys taught me uh, some things. But really, what they taught me was that it was possible. You know, at such a young age, everything seemed 
I mean, in one way, it, the, the, the world was possible, but in other ways, it's, I was very limited. I didn't have any money or resources. And so it was like, it's, at first it seemed impossible, but they, they taught me that it was possible. And within a year, my business took off and it was incredible. But that was not your question. So your question uh, was, you know, a time of, of adversity. So let, let's talk about outsourcing for a minute. Um, you know, when I started our outsourcing business, uh, we failed uh, a good, you know, couple of times before we figured it out. And so I remember what happened was uh, when I hired. So so what happened was uh, I, I, I was I had a production project uh, in Asia. So I was spending a lot of time in Asia, but I actually met a person uh, who, who thought that he could help us with our sales floor. So we we're going to open a new sales floor. And I was thinking of opening in the U.S. I, or maybe I was going to have people work from home, which Back then, the whole virtual office idea, that was just like a concept, like almost nobody was doing it. Today, everybody does it. And so uh, I was thinking about maybe doing something like that. Uh, but then this person that I knew overseas, he reached out to me and said, hey, listen, he said, I've got some people in the Philippines. He said, I think we could do this. And I was intrigued. Uh, it was very inexpensive. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. And I hired my first person and that was Jason. Jason was incredible uh, for the two weeks, uh, two days that I had Jason <laughs> and then yeah. I lost Jason and I was like, Oh my gosh, this sucks. And so, but Hey, I, you know, I realized that sometimes you have to kiss a, a few frogs before you find your princess. So I, I went back to the hiring table a second time. And I remember the first person picked up the phone and she said, good afternoon, sir. How are you today? And I was like, Oh, she's not going to work. I said, my clients would eat her for breakfast. And I remember the next person picks up the phone and he says, good afternoon, sir. How are you today? And I was like, Oh my gosh, this isn't going to work. And then I remember the third person picked up the phone and his name was Ainsley and Ainsley picked up the phone and he said, good afternoon, sir. How are you today? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, Ains I was like, you sound amazing. I said, listen, you sound so incredible. I can't tell. Are you Filipino or are you American? There was no accent. He said, sir, I'm a Filipino. I've lived here all my life. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I have to ask you. I said, how is it that you sound so great? He said, sir, I've been a DJ on the local radio station for the last five years. <laughs> there you go. And, and and I of course said, You're hired. And I hired Ainsley, and Ainsley was amazing for the first two weeks I had him and then I lost Ainsley and I was like, you know what, forget this. I'm like, we don't have time for this. Uh, it's too big a hassle. I went back to Craigslist. I went back to you know trying to do it in the US, but I couldn't get out of my head this idea of you know inexpensive uh, talent that knew how to do this stuff that could you know allow me to, to scale a lot faster sooner. And so after a while, reluctantly, I went back to the hiring table and I, I made my third hire, and this is when I hired Carl. And Carl, you know, we call the company one, two, three employee, and that's because of our very first employee, Carl, employee number one at one, two, three. And what happened was Carl really got it. He was the first guy to get it, and he took off like a rocket. And as a result, we brought on the next person, and the next person, and the next person. And uh, in a short amount of time, we opened our own place, and then Carl became the trainer, and we started growing pretty rapidly. It was about another 24 months later before we really had our tipping point. But we started to grow, and the amazing thing, though, is this, is so Carl was doing great. I gave Carl small performance bonuses. For me, it wasn't a fortune, but for Carl, it was a small fortune. And so every week he would send money home to his mom and he would um, uh, send money to his sister. And uh, after a couple of years, uh, 
uh, Carl gra graduated college, his sister graduated college, um, and then about a year later, Carl got his visa, and today, Carl is a physical therapist here in the U.S., and uh, we're still friends today. He's a super successful guy, and the interesting thing is is that, you know, really, I, I came along and, and changed Carl's life. I kind of you know, saved him uh, and and really changed changed everything for he and his family. But he turned around and saved me right back because there was no proof of concept until Carl came along, and uh, so we're still great friends. I see him whenever I'm speaking in Chicago, and uh, and it, and the rest is history. But it's interesting. Um, a couple of years ago, you know, we do events all over the globe: Australia, U.S., Europe, Asia. Um, where it's an event where people learn the latest and greatest of marketing and then how to outsource their, their processes and tasks in their business. And a couple of years ago, we were doing an event in L.A., and Carl was in town. And uh, he, he just texted me. He said, hey, I'm in town. Uh, I'm at Magic Mountain. I said, oh, Carl, we're doing an event. I said, you have to come by. You have to come by. He said, uh, oh, you know, D, I don't know if I can make it. And I'm I said, listen, please just come by Sunday morning for a few. He goes, okay, I'll come by. So I told my staff that Carl was in town. And everyone was like, oh, my God, Carl, because everybody in my company knows about Carl. There would there'd be no one, two, three employee if there wasn't a Carl. The only person that didn't know about this really was Carl. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and so because, you know, Carl – took off in the early stages of the company. He got his visa. He moved to the U.S. I think at the time, maybe we had 50, 60 employees. And today we've impacted tens of thousands of, of companies and people all over the planet. So, so Carl walks in and as soon as my staff sees him in the back there, I'm like, he's here, he's here. I, I told him, I said, listen, when he walks in, just, just signal me. So I'm, a, I'm on stage, several hundred people in the audience. And I said, oh, you know, I'm going to stop what I'm doing for a minute because somebody very special has walked into the room. And I told the story of Carl. And I said, you know, if it wasn't for Carl, uh, there would be no one, two, three employee. None of you would be here today. I said, there are probably about 1,500 people that eat every single day in the Philippines, and they would not have food on their tables today if it wasn't for Carl. And by the way, Carl just walked in the back of the room and, and everybody goes yeah. crazy. They, they stand up, standing ovation. Carl comes to the front of the room. I'm crying. Everybody's crying. And I, I hand him a mic. He's a very shy guy. I said, Carl, I said, did you have any idea? And he said, I had no idea. I said, you know, none of us realize the impact that we have on this planet in, in every little thing that we do on a daily basis. Everything causes a ripple. So the next time you think that you're not significant or you're not doing something important, you know, guess again. So Awesome. And thank you for sharing that story with us. That's sure. super empowering. We have to like, for the masters in the making listening, you know, find your Carl, <laughs> find that yeah. person and yeah. sur surround yourself with people who will bring you up Absolutely. and, and sp spread the love. And so, you know, Dad, we're going to switch, switch gears here a little bit. Are you ready for the moment of mastery where you can share tips, resources, and insights directly to our listeners? Bring it, baby. All right. What is one daily habit that contributes to your personal success? You know what? Waking up early. Uh, I, I, I get I get all of my important tasks done in the morning when everybody else is asleep, when nobody's bugging me from my company. Uh, sure. And so all the projects get done in the morning and then I manage the company during the day. So for me, the most important tool in my business is time and being up early. Awesome. And what is one simple mindset shift our listeners can apply to how they think about business? Leverage. So all day long, 
no matter what I'm doing, I'm always thinking in the back of my head, in the back of my mind, is this the highest and best use of my time? Is this the highest and best use of my time? Because also, unlike you, I come from a time Today, entrepreneurs can tend to be micromanagers, but I came from a time when micro, when entrepreneurs had to micromanage. Uh, we didn't have outsourcing. We didn't have leverage points. We didn't have a lot of the technology that we have today. So, so I'm always thinking, is this the highest and best use of my time? If it's not, and it's going to take me any more than a couple of minutes, then I immediately create a process or plug it into a process of one of my other people, either somebody on my management team or somebody on my staff uh, are, are handling it for me because the, the most valuable thing I can do is manage my company, not micromanage it. Awesome. And now that we talked a little about mindset, let's jump into some action. What is one simple action our listeners can take right now wherever they are to jumpstart their own success? What one single action? What one single action? Uh, okay. So um, what I would do is, again, the key to my success is is leverage. There, if I come up with an idea, and I'm coming up with ideas all day long, uh, they, oh, actually, no, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to give you something better. Sure. I'm going to give you – well, not better, but different, but different. Um, only because this is something new that I just um, – uh, kind of realize. So some of the greatest thinkers I know uh, meditate. Now, I'm not a meditator, but one thing I do do um, almost every day is I go for a hike early in the morning. And um, what I normally do on my hike is I listen to content. This is where I catch up on my content. Um, but my best ideas come to me when I'm out of the office. Okay. And, and I think if you're listening to this, it's probably the same for you. But what happens is if you're listening to music, uh, or, or even more, if you're listening to content, you're not going to have these ideas come to you. you. You may get ideas that are triggered to you, you know, from the content. But my new thing, and this is some, it's kind of a new old thing. This is what I used to do, but I lost sight of it because I've been listening to so much content. What I do now is I clear my mind for about at least 30 to 60 minutes, and I'll do this on a hike, but you could do it whenever. And, and there is no content, what have you. But when I clear my mind and I set my intention on the things I want to achieve, I come up with more ideas every morning. And, and I'm an ideas machine. And because I have leverage in my business, I can feed that to my team and we make those things happen. Awesome. So you're really just finding finding that time to, to to remove the content and just have that clear open space. Yeah, just quiet the mind. And and again, if I'm out for like an hour or 90 minutes, half that time I will be listening to content because you have to be up to date on the latest and greatest information. But you also need to take some time to clear your mind and think. Awesome. And so, Devin, what is one book you can recommend and why? Outsource Smart by Davin Michaels. <laughs> there you go. I'll, you. I'll, tell you about, uh, I'll tell you probably one of my favorite reads recently. Well, it wasn't that recently. It was probably last year, but I, I really love uh, reading it. It was uh, Digital Gold. I'm a, a big Bitcoin buy, guy, a big uh, crypto guy. Uh, and so um, Digital Gold is just sort of the history of, of Bitcoin, and it's so fascinating and interesting. So um, that's, that's my read. Awesome. And finally, Davin, where is the best place – our listeners can go to learn more about you and what you do. Sure, absolutely. So uh, if you go to 123employee.com, you can get some info. And if you go to 123employee.com forward slash S for special, uh, then I think I've got some some great free stuff for you um, that will help you grow your business. 
Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Davin. Masters in the Making. Go check that out and go check out simpleselfmastery.com. Type in Davin's name in the search. It'll show you over the show notes page of today's podcast for links, resources, timestamps, and an overview of what Davin and I discussed today. Davin, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with all of us here at Simple Self Mastery. You mastered the mic and shared a ton of value. Thank you, and we'll talk to you soon. If you enjoyed today's episode of Simple Self Mastery, please show your support by subscribing, leave a five-star rating, and a review. It is my honor and privilege to provide you with high-value, free content five days a week, and I'd be humbled by your support. Keep learning, keep listening, and keep working towards your own personal self-mastery. Thanks, and we'll catch you later.